to In the Country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. And that is a sample of the music you'll hear on Tim Hicks Live. It's the first ever live album for Tim Hicks. Six great tracks uh, recorded at his shows. You are going to love it. You're going to feel like you're at a Tim Hicks concert when you listen. And this episode of In the Country is brought to you by the Country Music Association of Ontario. You'll find them online at cmaontario.ca. And be sure to check out uh, the big show coming up June 11th in London, Ontario. You will want to get your tickets for it, hosted by Jason McCoy. It's the CMA Ontario Awards, uh, featuring all the big acts from Ontario. It's going to be an amazing night. And again, you can get your tickets at cmaontario.ca. And speaking of those awards, on the show now is my guest, Tim Hicks. And he's up for several of them, including Male Artist of the Year, Album of the Year for Shake These Walls, and Songwriter of the Year, for Stomping Ground, all that, plus his uh, first ever live album called Tim Hicks Live is out on May 19th. My pleasure to welcome Tim Hicks to the show. Hey, Tim. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I forgot that I had been nominated for that. I'm really looking forward <laughs> to that coming up in June. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a great night. That's always a fantastic time. And McCoy, man, he is hilarious. Like that, yeah. He should have a talk show. He should. And I know yeah, that he does a, some radio in Ontario, and of course, he's got the voice for it, the humor for it. Uh, he yeah. is a gifted entertainer, to say the least. Absolutely. He's, he's one of the guys that I've always looked up to and still do to this day, really, every time I get a chance to hang with him and write and uh, just pick his brain about old stories and things like that. He, he does such a great job, especially as a female. Mm-hmm. And the longevity of his career, uh, still a young guy, but he's been doing it so long. And, of course, the Road Hammer's a huge success, so he's had success as a solo artist and in a group. It's amazing. Yes, absolutely, man. Again, it's one of those things that uh, I think everybody in this business aspires to have a career uh, as, as Jason McCoy has had. Uh, again, these nominations here are incredible at the CMA Ontario Awards. Uh, this is amazing. Male Artist Album of the Year, Songwriter uh, for Stomping Ground, along with Todd Clark, yeah. Gavin Slade, and Travis Wood. How does it feel, Tim, to be recognized for the songwriting part of your career? Oh, that's, that is awesome. Um, you know, the, the process that goes into writing songs, especially when, you, when you're writing for a record, you, you have to write so many songs. And so you know, I, I kind of approach it like a, it's a work, my songwriting ability anyway, as, as, like it's a work in progress. And every time I go to Nashville or if I'm in Toronto or whatever, writing with guys, uh, for instance, Stomping Ground, good example, we wrote that in Toronto. Um, it, I, I, I kind of approach every session like I've got something to learn 
and uh, I try and just sharpen the skills every time we do something and, and hopefully bring something more to the next session. So, you know, Stomping Ground was one of those um, th- those sessions that uh, Travis, who, uh, we call him T-Buck, he came in with the title. And right away I thought that, that that's such a great title, especially for, for me as an artist. And uh, by the end of the day, we had the demo list, and we had, it was one of those ones that kind of fell, fell out really quickly. And, and so, you know, to be recognized for that kind of thing, especially on the provincial level, is, is pretty special, pretty cool. And I, I still feel like I'm a tortured songwriter. Like, I, you know, I feel like, <laughs> first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a performer. But, the, you know, the songwriting thing is getting easier, but it's always the hardest. And, and people ask me all the time, like, what is it? Is it lyrics first? Is it music first? And I, I really can't answer them uh, because it's hard every time, <laughs> and it's always different. But, uh, <laughs> but I love the challenge of it. I just love it. So what do you bring to a co-writing session? I mean physically bring. Are you bringing uh, the titles? Are you bringing melodies ahead of time so that maybe, Tim, somebody listening who's new at writing, you know, what, what do I have to take into a co-writing session to make it successful? Yeah, well, typically the Nashville style of writing songs and, and how we do it in country is from the title backwards. And so, you know, with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek here, this is how I describe it to people. I'll say, you know, we start with the title and then we write, you know, you write, you typically write the chorus first because that's really what you want to say in the song. And then you mm-hmm. write the first verse to the chorus and then you go to lunch. And that's the most important decision of the day. <laughs> and when you get back from Where lunch, do we go for a bite? <laughs> exactly. Is it going to be Thai food today? Are we getting pizza? Are we going Italian? What's, what's the, that's the big question everybody wants to know. <laughs> so once that's determined and everybody gets a little food in their belly, uh, you come back, do the second verse. And then it really at that point, you know, you're sort of working out the arrangement as you go. So you have the discussion in the room. Is there going to be a solo? Is there going to be some sort of instrumental section? Are you going to write a bridge? And if so, a bridge to where? And, you know, really all that comes from the title, you know, and, and, and oftentimes <laughs> the title will dictate the kind of song that it's going to be. Stomping Ground could not have been a ballad, uh, at least right. for, for me <laughs> writing it. It just didn't make sense. Right. And so, you know, you, you, so that, that's a, a good uh, landmark as to where to go with the song, you know, uh, although sometimes it's interesting to, to take that and flip it on its head and then you, you get something completely different. Uh, but it's, you know, what, what you should bring is really an open mind and, and a willingness to get creative and, and not be afraid to, to, to uh, I, I want to say take criticism, but it's really not that because it's not personal criticism. You, you can't be afraid to let your mm-hmm. idea get shot down because, you know, your idea, if you throw out an idea, even if, if you think it's terrible, that might cause a spark in someone's brain that brings you to the idea that sticks. And so you can't be afraid to speak right. up. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, really what I've learned. I mean, and, and we all do it in session. Even the best writers in Nashville that say, okay, this is really dumb, but what if it was blah, blah, blah. And then, and so, and, you know, you've got ways to kind of, without saying that's terrible, unless you're really close with your co-writers and you can say, dude, that's terrible. Uh, but, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of one of those things where you, there has to be a level of comfort in the room to kind of get candid with one another. But, you know, I'm at a point now where I'm writing with guys that I've written with hundreds of times, so we can be pretty frank with one another. And it gets pretty, pretty funny at times, uh, which is the name of the game. You know, I typically, I, we laugh more when we're writing a song than anything else. And that's a good idea for me. It's like, if we're all having a good time and we're all laughing and it's pretty lighthearted, chances are we're on to something good. 
Well, that reminds me of a story you told once on the show. Uh, your song, I believe it's Let's Just Drink, and basically that was yeah. something you said because you couldn't think of what to write, and that became the song. That's right. That's right. I was just like, screw it. Let's just get out of here and go drink. And someone's like, that's the song. I'm like, oh, come on. You know, and then it falls out, you know, and it, it, that's a, it, and you have those days. Like, even the best guy, and I believe me, I ask every time I go into a session with guys I don't know, especially if they're established writers. I ask them about, you know, do you keep a list of titles running, you know, on your phone? Do you, how do you prepare? And honestly, most of them say the same thing, which is, dude, I just come in and something falls out. And I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, it's, it's a great idea to have a list of titles. But when I get to Nashville, if I'm going to go for an extended period, like, for instance, I was just there for six weeks writing for the next record. And, you know, I, I like a studious songwriter came with my titles and the problem with that is that in the first week or two you write all your titles and then you're flying by the seat of your pants and oftentimes that's when the best stuff falls out for me anyway because you're kind of it's like the pressure of the moment trying to come up with something that often will spark something really good and you know that's how you right. get, that's how, how you get some of the best stuff and it, it's you know, I think any songwriter will tell you that there's no hard and fast way to do it. It's it's the creative process is a fluid thing, and you got to be willing to go down a road or follow follow it wherever it takes you, right down the rabbit hole. Now you're of course known for your up tempo, sing along, energetic songs, but you also do great jobs on ballads <laughs> like "She Don't Drink Whiskey Anymore." But mostly you do the up tempo stuff. Do you enjoy Tim getting uh, your vocals on a beautiful moving ballad i love it i just love the change of pace of it you know and as a singer you know you kind of want to stretch your legs every now and again and and uh, you know sometimes that can happen in uh, in a tempo song but you know i this is the this is the tough part about about as the managers would say being branded a certain way you know as, as tim hicks the party country guy and you know, because I want to sing all kinds of different songs. I want to sing mid-tempo songs. I want to sing, you know, uh, uh, ballads, because uh, I have for my mm-hmm. entire life sung all kinds of different stuff. But it's interesting how the, how the industry works and that, uh, that sometimes you're, you're almost not allowed to do that. And, of course, anybody that knows me knows that as soon as someone says I'm not allowed to do something, I'm going to do that ten <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> so... Right. You know, that's why I look forward to to breaking the mold. You know what I mean? Like I, I knew in my heart of hearts the first time I heard whiskey, cause that's an outside of song. So I didn't write it. Uh, but I knew when I heard it for the very first time that I wanted to sing that song. And when we brought it to radio, I remember saying to one programming director, cause he commented on it. And I, and I said to him, you know, regardless of what it does chart charting wise, which it did very well. So we had nothing to worry about it. But I remember at the time thinking, I wonder if this is going to go well on it. But, but, I said to him, and I, I truly believe this, that regardless of how it did, it was the right song for me at that moment because I really needed to show everybody that I was more than just about beer drinking and party time. You know, and even, the, even though the song says whiskey in it, uh, it's really not about that. And, and you know, that's why exactly. with a song like Slide Over, you know, that, that was an important song for me. And I fought for that song to go on the record. And I remember the day we wrote it. Hang, handing it in to my team and saying, this song, mark my words, is going to be an important song. And, you know, it took some convincing on, on my part to get them to, you know, allow me to, to cut it and to get it on my record. But I knew, I knew that it was going to be an important song because it said something I'd never said before. It was 100% real to me. 
And it was something I wanted to say. And it, it felt good to sing. And so, you know, that's why every now and again, you got to put out a song like Whiskey. You got to put out a song like Slide Over. I do anyway, just to kind of, just to kind of keep some, some, uh, some menu items, you know, some, uh, some variety sure. in the set. You know what I mean? Because you need all, all kinds of different songs to make a concert. And that's where I'm always thinking about, right? I'm always thinking, how does this song fit into my show? Because that's really the more, most important thing to me at the end of the day. And it's amazing when you have that instinct, which you do for music, knowing what song's going to work. And as you said, slide over you, you know, almost had to sell them on the song, but uh, you believe mm-hmm. in it so much. And I guess that's just your musical gut. You just, you just know. Yeah. yeah you've got to follow it. And, you, and, and the thing is, it's like, you know, teams, I have a wonderful team around me. They're fantastic people, but they're not all musical. And so, you know, Sometimes I have to stamp my feet a little bit and and say I'm telling you I'm mm-hmm. telling you I know my like you, like you said my gut right. my instinct is telling me we need to go down this road and what's funny is almost uh, almost always in those instances after the fact the people that didn't necessarily believe in it come back and say you know what I'm glad we put that on there and and that that being said that works the opposite way too because for instance there's a song on my new record called Don't Make It a Love Song and I loved the song I thought it was really good but I felt like it was a little bit light for me and my my manager Ron Kitchener sat me down and said I'm telling you there's something about this song that I really love and I think people are really going to love it and you know I mean I could have vetoed as the artist and said nope Ron we're not doing it but I I, I mm-hmm. saw it through his eyes and I thought and I, I remember saying to him alright Ron I'll give you this one <laughs> you know as if <laughs> As if his record company isn't paying for my record to get whatever. Okay, Ron, I'll 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 <laughs> sing this one. You know, uh, we'll get this one on there for you, buddy. Uh, and and it, that being said, we're getting ready to work it up to play it in the set in the summer because I've fall, since fallen in love with the song. So sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time, you know, for somebody, including myself, sure. to kind of get on board with a song idea. Uh, because like I said, when you, you know, for, for instance, for shake these walls, we wrote 70 plus songs. So there's a lot of material floating around there. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. some, a, a lot of it is songs that didn't get cut are still really good songs, but they didn't say what I wanted to say at that moment, or they didn't fit in with the other nine songs that we picked. There's just a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, you never know, uh, that those songs don't die. They stay on my playlist and you never know what's going to get resurrected yeah. for the next thing. So. There you go. And I, I, I often wonder, Tim, and I've asked other artists, when they have that many songs, in this case you mentioned 70, to choose from for mm-hmm. a record. Some may go for a project down the road, obviously. Of any of those that you've got in your catalog, Tim, have you actively pitched any of them? Maybe you got a song and go, my God, this would work perfect for Kenny Chesney if, you know, if I could get it in the right hand yeah. and get it to him. Yeah. Oh, my God, all of them. <laughs> that would be fantastic, but... <laughs> What's what's interesting that you say that is because I, I I have a song uh, I actually I wrote Bonfire uh, the Rivertown Saints cut and so that was a right. song that was sort of in the mix and became their first top ten hit so I was proud that I had a hand in that uh, with Patricia Conroy mm-hmm. and uh, Dave Thompson and also yeah. um, I've got a song currently Blackjack Billy's current single in Canada uh, featuring Madeline Merlot called. Um, that's how you get the girl uh, that I wrote. So, you know, these songs, they, they wind up and they find homes, you know? Uh, I mean, I, and I, it, what's exciting to me is that that's just starting to happen for me. I, I also had a song with Jojo Mason, his first single called um, uh, It's All Good that I wrote with Dan Swinimer that got cut. Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting wow. a real kick out of that, out of being like a songwriter guy that, you know, that other people are interested in singing my songs. To, to me, that's, 
that's yeah. the most interesting part about what's happening in my career right now. Um, only because it's new. I've, I've never had that before. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's sort of a neat thing. And then you hope that all the songs find homes, but, but not all of them do, unfortunately. And there's a lot of songs out there. Uh, think about all the songs that get written every day in Nashville that no one ever hears, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Which I have an idea. I have an idea on what to do with all those, but I can't say it's top secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you put some thought behind it. You, you got an answer for it. You got a way to d- handle it. I sure do. I sure do. I'll tell you about it off Love air. it. Okay. Okay, perfect. I look forward to that. I'll keep it between you and me. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Tim Hicks Live, which is coming out May 19th. Yeah. It's six tracks recorded uh, on your tour. We're going to hear a couple of them on the show, including, I think we'll do, can perfect. we do slide over in a few moments, uh, Tim? Yeah. Oh, my God, please do. Yeah. Awesome. I'll share that in just a few moments, but let's talk about the album. I understand, of course, available May 19th, that uh, you didn't set out to record these for the reasons of a live album. It was for another reason. Yeah, you know, when we're on the road, um, it's really important for the band and I to listen to the show the night before. Sometimes we even do it the night of if, it's a, if it, you know, it was a really magical or, or energetic night so that we can critique ourselves. And so... There's a few things that sort of fell in line this time around on this tour. Uh, I got I got some gear for one thing uh, to, to record on, but we we took out a, a recording desk or a mixer for front of house um, by a company called Avid. That Avid invents uh, invented Pro Tools, which is uh, the industry standard for recording records on. It's a digital you know recording interface that a lot of that almost everybody records on in this day and age. And so mm-hmm. what that enabled us to do was simultaneously record everything that was happening on the stage in separate tracks. So for instance, when you have like say 42 channels, you know, strips of music happening uh, from the stage, we were able to record all 42 of those inputs into a computer. And then, you know, when we went back to kind of check them out, we thought, man, this, these performances are pretty good. And, you know, at the same time we were talking to the CMT people about doing the, the uh, uh, Sudbury Sunday night, show and and once we heard those tracks mixed i thought man this is these are pretty good i I wonder if we can do something with this and and what wound up happening was we sent them to a a a proper mix engineer in nashville and and had it mixed just like a record and next thing you knew we had a we had a little live album to release which is exciting for me because anybody that knows me knows that the live thing is just so important and imperative to what i do so to be able to have you know a record of that point in time mm-hmm. in our band was priceless for us and we're so proud of it and the band is so proud of it they're just beaming ear to ear about it and i'm proud of them too and and uh i just i, I love that whole process so i'm excited for people to check it out yeah people are really going to enjoy this they're going to it's going to feel like they're at a tim hicks concert when they got the uh, earbuds in or however they're yeah. listening to this turning it up and uh it's going to recreate that experience i i think so you know in if not, it'll give people a taste. I, what I hope it does is inspire some people to come and check out a show because, you know, mm-hmm. what I hear a lot from, from people is, uh, Tim Hicks, I don't like country, but you're okay. And I thought, I always think, right. like, well, right. I got you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I hope that people that are non-country fans hear this and go, wow, this is pretty rocking. You know, this is something I would want to mm-hmm. check out. Um, and because uh, we, I mean, we had such a great tour, man. And and the band, I guess I just can't say enough about them. Like we we worked up the set in in the rehearsal, but as we went along, 
it just got hotter and hotter and hotter and tighter and tighter. And we worked out transitions and things like that. And of course you don't get all that on the record, but you would, if you come to a show, you get a little taste of it with these six tracks. And what's super exciting about this is that we finally have a live recorded version of our stronger beer song, which, uh, you know, people have been asking for since the beginning, because you know, the, the, the recorded version quote unquote was actually the demo that we just, it kind of went viral on its own and, and by act, and you know, when it came time to release a record, it was like, well, just throw the demo on there. People are digging it. It has a vibe. But we perform the song, you know, with six guys on stage. And so, you know, you get that full experience of Stronger Beer with the audience singing it and, you know, my cracks about Donald Trump and everybody, everything else. So it's a, <laughs> kind of a fun <laughs> yep. moment that, uh, that we have now captured on tape. Absolutely. And that's actually the other one I want to share on the show a bit later because uh, it's a great it's – it's an anthem, isn't it? It's a Canadian anthem at this point, sing-along yeah, song. It, it has it's, become that. I mean, I mean, from a song yeah. that was never supposed to be, man. Like, it was, uh, it was an accident. <laughs> it was a joke. Um, and, and Copeland, wow. uh, Jeff Copeland, I wrote it with him, and he, he produced my first two records, and we've written hundreds of songs together. And, you know, that day the story is that we were actually set out to write a different song, and, and we would get stumped as we were writing this other song, we were getting stumped and we kept coming back to the song that we had tentatively titled, we are all North Americans. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, uh, it just turned into this thing that we sent, you know, once we had it kind of done and demoed and had a fu- had a like fun time laying it out, we sent it in expecting our management, like my management to come back and go, ha ha, very funny. Where's the real song? Like that kind of thing. And like, next thing I know, they're like, we love it. It's going on the EP and all this stuff. And I thought, Whoa. oh, my God, are you kidding me? And then it goes gold, you know, and it's on the verge right now, like any day now, about to go platinum in Canada, which is unreal. You're talking about a song that was never released mm-hmm. to radio. So, I mean, this is – it's just so bizarre. And, it, you know, the, the joke around my house is that it's going to say on my headstone one day, we say A, you know, that kind of thing. So, and that's, that's a great, that's a great thing. You know, I, every band wishes that they have that song, right? Like that, yeah. that quintessential uh, thing, one that everyone's waiting for. And, and we just love totally. it. And it's interesting. It, those things are, are usually what you can't plan. And this is a, a case in point because you didn't plan it to, to be that way. You didn't set nope. out to write that kind of song or have that kind of success with it. And, and it happened anyway. Yeah, and, you know, I, I have to give credit to Jeff Copeland on that one because we had discussed recording a full band version of it for the record, and he was the one that said, I'm telling you, I've been in this spot before, we're going to wreck it. It's not going to be the mm. same if we go back and redo it. I'm t- we should just just put out the demo. Just if, if, that's, if that's the joke of it and that's what everyone's vibing on, just put that on the EP, and I'm telling you, if we go down any other road, it's, it's not going to be the same, and I'm glad that we took his advice on that and, but uh, that being said, I'm, I'm certainly uh, I'm thrilled that we were able to capture that song live on this uh, mm-hmm. Tim Hicks live album. Absolutely. We're going to get to that uh, in a little bit. But right now I want to turn to the great song from Tim Hicks called Slide Over, which will be on his Tim Hicks live album available everywhere on May 19th. Here it is on In the Country. I'll take you down any road you like 
And that is my guest, Ontario's Tim Hicks, with his live version of Slide Over. And uh, it's amazing, and you'll find it on Tim Hicks Live, available May 19th, with five other energetic tracks, including Stronger Beer, uh, which is that great uh, (laughs) sing-along Canadian anthem. We're going to get to that a bit later. Uh, Tim, I wanted to ask you about influences, and and not even necessarily ones that influenced you vocally, but, but those artists that maybe just inspired you the way they performed or maybe the way they handled the business side of things, just just anyone that motivated you to uh, in your career. Oh, my God, so many. Every, everybody from Blue Rodeo, uh, I talk about them a lot because they were such a part of my uh, childhood and, and my adolescence. Uh, and, you know, they were one of the first concerts I ever saw. So in Canadian, so important to me. Uh, Northern Pikes, also very important band. Uh, who I've I've gotten to know a little bit over this, the course of this crazy last few years, which is really unbelievable to me. Um, I love classic stuff. I I always sort of reach backward when I listen to music for fun. So that includes like 
you know, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Simon and Garfunkel, The Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin. You know, I love that kind of classic rock, uh, southern rock kind of thing, like the band and Allman Brothers. And, you know, that that's where I kind of derive the live show from. And that's why I have three guitar players up front is, is because of those those bands, you know, and, and you know, the guitar harmonies and, and the singing and the harmonies. And so, you know, the, the, the list is endless for me, really. I'm just such a huge fan of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I've been playing in bands my whole life. So, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to perform a lot of these songs. And I think that every time you learn a song as a musician, it influences your writing, your pro- approach to playing, uh, how you hold your instrument, how you breathe when you sing. I think all of these things culminate into, you know, who I am as an artist. And I, that's the only way I can explain it. Now, who haven't you met? yet uh, in your career, Tim, that uh, you're hoping one day to meet, uh, whether it's a chance to just tell them how much th- their music has meant to you or just just, uh, to, just to hang out with somebody from the music world that uh, you'd like to meet? Oh, man. Um, anybody that I just mentioned, I'd love to talk to Paul Simon. I think that'd be really interesting. Um, or, or, I mean, of course, you go to McCartney or, or Jimmy Page or someone like that. I mean, the thing about Canada mm-hmm. is that um, often you get to meet the, the people that we grew up listening for, to. Like, for instance, I saw Brian Adams last year uh, with Jason Blaine. Actually, the two of us took our wives to see Brian Adams in Nashville, and we wound up meeting him after the show. And that was a big thing for me. I mean, I, to put it this way, when I was 10, all I wore were white crew neck shirts, and I bought a black <laughs> Fender Stratocaster with my paper route money right. so that I could be just like Brian <laughs> Adams. You know, it's like one of those things. And yeah, I got to meet uh, Gord Downey um, again. I, I met him as a, when I was very small, and I met him again this year at uh, at a Toronto Maple Leafs event. And you know, I got to shake his hand and, and tell him how much his music has meant to me, um, which was really a, a fantastic moment. But you know, really, anytime I, I get the opportunity to, to meet someone, um, it's a it's it's a little bit emotional. And, and I'll tell you what hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet is I haven't met somebody yet and been disappointed. So that's a good thing. Oh, I hear that's that great. People sometimes like, yeah, that they meet someone, they're like, oh, God, I kind of wish I didn't meet him because it ruined it for me or mm-hmm. something like that. So, you know, it hasn't been like that. I think most people, especially Canadian artists, are really gracious people and just um, thankful to get to do music as a living and, and happy to talk to people. And, and so I try and model myself the same way. Uh, let's talk about some of the big shows you have coming up this year. Uh, people can head to mm-hmm. timhicksmusic.com as well to uh, get the specific dates. But you got a whole bunch yes. of stuff going on, including uh, a big one uh, uh, opening for Dean Brody, uh, August 24th at Budweiser Stage in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And Amazing. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but it's one of those things. It's like, listen, the Rogers Center will always be skydome to me, right? <laughs> and the Budweiser stage will always be Molson Amphitheater to me. And, and right. God bless the Budweiser people. I love them, and, the, and it's going to be a great night. But that is such a bucket list venue. I've seen so many concerts there. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was surreal to get that call, to be like, hey, you're going to play Budweiser stage this year. Uh, and, uh, and it happens two days after my birthday, which is a fantastic birthday gift as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. So I'm super – yeah, I'm – I'm beyond pumped for that show. It's going to be great right in Toronto. I remember seeing Zach Brown just before 
things started to happen for me. Uh, it would have been probably summer 2009, maybe 2010. Um, and the owner of the pub that uh, we were the house band at in Toronto had, had tickets to see Zach Brown at what was then Molson Amphitheater. And I remember him, we were, us watching the show and him leaning over to me and going, you're not that far away, buddy. <laughs> and I, I thought, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm never going to get, right. I'm never going to be up there. Like this is, you know, at that point I was like, you know, 32 years old or something like that. I'm like, it's never going to happen. And, and now uh, we're going to check that one off the list this summer. And, and to get to share that with my, with the same guys that I was playing with that night in downtown Toronto is, is a pretty fantastic mm-hmm. thing. So I'm really looking forward to that. You're going to see, you're going to see six really smiley guys on that stage that night. It's going to be really, really <laughs> cool. What what a thing to have happened, as you said, the stage that you watched acts on, and now you're yeah. going to be on that stage. I, I can't imagine yeah. how that feels, like like surreal and unreal. Yeah, and it, you know what? It never gets old. Like, that happened to me. It's happened a few times now. So, for instance, the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver. When I was a little kid, my dad um, told me, you know, you know you made it when you play the Commodore Ballroom. And, I mean, he, he didn't know anything about the entertainment business. But for whatever reason, that stuck in my brain. And so the first time I played sure. the Commodore Ballroom, it was the same kind of thing. And, and you know, for, with, with First Ontario Centre, again, will always be Cops Call scene to me. And when we played there with, uh, with Dirk Bentley, um, that was another one of those nights where it was like, oh, my God, we're going to play Cops tonight. Like, this is how <laughs> do we even get here? You know, we're used to playing at the Chicken Wing Bar at Fennel and Wentworth, and here we are down the road, you know, playing the arena. It was, you know, it's just the whole thing, man. It never gets old and it never gets lost on us. And I think that's because it took so many years for us to kind of get to the national level. And it really is true that we don't take it for granted. And anytime the guys do, because there are days, right, when, you know, you show up and the rider isn't quite right. And for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, that's like, a, you know, our sort of food and beverage that we have in the dressing room backstage, you know, with our beers and stuff like that. And sometimes you don't get it. And the guys will be complaining, oh, you know, I thought we were supposed to get uh, Miller Lite today and we got Coors Lite, like whatever it is. It's like, oh, my God. And all I have to – I just have to say this to them. I go, it's better than hanging in the alley, which was our green room when we played in downtown Toronto. <laughs> so was really, I just have to look at them and go, alley. And they go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's where we come from. Like, we would literally eat shepherd's pie on a three-legged table in the alley yeah, with the rats on our breaks, you know, and and that's oh. no exaggeration, Dave. I'm telling you, that's 100 percent the truth. There are three other guys that will verify those that as fact, if not uh, the entire staff of that bar. So you know, the, you just have to remember kind of where we came from, and uh, the whole thing is like a, a giant amusement park ride that's just been so much fun. Incredible. Uh, other shows mm-hmm. coming up uh, this summer. The Summer Throwdown, Cavendish Beach Music Festival, Dauphin Country Fest, uh, Ottawa Blues Fest, and you're going to be, uh, I guess, opening up for Tom Petty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, say it again, because wow. I just want to hear it. It's unbelievable. Tom, Tom Petty. Petty. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> again, that's one of those calls I was like, I dropped the phone. I dropped the phone. Because, again, like, <laughs> listen, I've got three documentaries that I keep on my laptop for flights. And one of them is Running Down a Dream, which is a three-and-a-half-hour documentary on Tom Petty that I can recite most of it to you right now. I've seen it so many times, and I just love it. Oh, nice. And so to get that call, like, yeah, you're going to be direct support for Tom in front of 30,000 people at, at Ottawa RBC Blues Fest. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. This is unreal. Like, and I've never seen him live. So 
and I sang oh, great. almost all of his songs every night for years and years and years. And so, you know, to get to stand beside stage and watch him, him and the Heartbreakers do their thing, I mean, that is like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll do that in a second. <laughs> Sign me up. So your first time seeing him live, you'll be seeing him from the stage, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what Can't get uh, a life, much better man. view than I, that. I, and. Oh, so good. It's going to be so good. And I'm sure when you open up for somebody like Tom Petty, uh, you know, he has a country following for sure and a rock following, but you're going to be in front of a lot of people who may not know your music, which is a great thing because now they're going to know it and it's love great. it. Yeah, and you know what? I kind of thrive on that. Like, if I know that the crowd, like, we have to win over the crowd, it's like, it's almost like everybody elevates a little bit because it's like, oh, yeah, you like that? Watch this, you know, that kind of thing. And so right. I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, I, again, you know, just get back to that point earlier that we were talking about, about, you know, non country fans. I think that a lot of what people don't understand about what country music is in this day and age is that it's changed a lot. And the way that I put it to people is, is you know, if Leonard Skinner, were to come out today, or the band, if they were to be new artists of the day, they would likely find a home on country radio. And so, and you know, I really think that that you know, like that, that's what I'm trying to do when I'm up there doing my thing. Is like I'm just trying to do Tim Hicks's version of those bands. You know what I mean? Because that's what I loved when I was growing up. And so, you know, I, I really think that if people open their mind a little bit, non-country fans, that is, they would they would really like what's going on in the, in the genre and at, at this point in time, in this day and age. So Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've come across that over the years. I've been a country fan since I was a kid, basically. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'd run into non-country music fans, obviously. And I would, you know, whatever popular songs were out at the time, I'd either make them a mixtape or a CD or at least mm-hmm. uh, tell them about one song and, and play it for them. And you could usually get them to like it. So sometimes yeah. just the perception of what they think it is. Then they hear a Tim Hicks song or go to a Tim Hicks concert and they go, man, I like this. Well, that's going to lead them to liking other country music. That's right. And I, I, I hope that it's a... Uh you know, a bit of a gateway drug, <laughs> as they say, into the mm-hmm. genre of country that night for the Ottawa crowd. It's going to be it's going to be one for the book, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And uh, January and February 2018 is already planned for Quebec. Mm-hmm. A couple of months there for the Shake These Walls tour. That's going to be amazing for Quebec uh, country music fans. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that no one's done. Or at least for, uh, to our knowledge, my team's knowledge, that no one in a long time anyway. And we we kind of. We've been dabbling our toe in, the, in, in Quebec for a little while. We've done a number of shows there. And on this last tour, we rolled into Montreal. And you know, it was one of those things where you know, my manager sat me down and said, listen, we could lose our shirt. And I said, I don't care. Let's just go. Let's go and check it out. For one thing, I just want to go to Montreal, let alone, you know, I know that there's country fans in, in Montreal that will, will come and see us. And, man, oh, man, the night was electric. The, the place was packed. And they knew every word, and mm. I did my best to speak a little bit of French. And I thought either they're going to kill me, or they're going to love it. And <laughs> thankfully, the next day when when the reviews came out, um, the 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 music press in Montreal was really impressed that I spoke a little bit of French. And they one of them commented that I spoke more French than most bands uh, in any genre that that had come. And I, I'm not I'm not fluent by any means, but I knew enough that I could kind of say a few things and just out of respect you know, for, for sure. the Quebec crowd. And and I think that night kind of uh, um, all of a sudden the phone started to ring. 
you know, when can we have them? When can we have them? And so they booked this little tour of Quebec that we're going to do. And it'll be interesting, man, because we're going into some pretty French towns. And uh, like I said, my French isn't that good. So I'm hoping that I'm able to, to get by, uh, no pun intended. Right, right. That is awesome. Uh, and I know the fans are going to love it there. And I think that's so great that, uh, you know, you made that effort and will continue to, uh, yeah. to speak French for them. That's awesome. That is so Absolutely. cool. Uh, let's turn to, uh, of course, one of the reasons we're here chatting is Tim Hicks Live. May 19th is the album mm-hmm. people can get. Uh, they can hit the iTunes and get it. Other places you get music, be sure to pick it up. Uh, let's share another mm-hmm. track from Tim Hicks Live, which we talked about before. Stronger Beer. We've talked about it being a Canadian <laughs> anthem. Uh, maybe tell me just a little more about the song or the response you've had, Tim, before we share it here. Well, listen, this is, you can actually hear on the on the live album, in the intro of Stomping Ground, people start to chant, Stronger Beer, Stronger Beer. <laughs> I guess it's one of those ones <laughs> where... If I haven't done the song five songs into a 90-minute show, people start to get angry with me. And, and you know, I, I just tell people, listen, if you think we're going to come out out of the gate sing a stronger beer, you got another thing coming. You're waiting to the very end to hear that one. You know, I want to keep everyone there. <laughs> right. So it, it's one of those things exactly. where, you know, people are they're waiting for it. And they, they sing every word of it every night. And, you know, that being said, we've performed it so many times now, we don't rehearse it anymore. We just go, and stronger beer. And, that, <laughs> and that's it. So it's one of those things, man, where we kind of like to keep it a little bit fluid, a little bit spontaneous, and just let the crowd do their thing, because that's their moment, really. And Because and the song has nice. become so much bigger than me and the guys and Copeland and anybody that was involved in it. It's become its own thing. And that's got nothing to do with us. That has everything to do with uh, Canadian country fans and, and non-country fans really uh, – uh, you know, latching onto it. And I still get a kick out of it mm-hmm. because every now and again, it'll go viral again. And right. one time fairly recently, somebody emailed it to me and said, Hey, you should consider putting this in your set. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I wrote it. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's already in the set. Yeah. So it's one of those That's things hilarious. where, yeah. yeah, you know, cause it goes around in these emails, right? Like people email it around mm-hmm. and, it wound up, my friend sent it to me. He goes, you're never going to get one. My, 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 he said, my parents got this as an email while they were in Florida, you know, from their Florida friends. Like, check, check this out, you, you, know, you crazy Canucks up there in your beer. And they yeah. sent it to him, and he's like, yeah, Mom, this is Tim. You know, they're like, oh, really? I had no idea. So it's kind of funny, you know, that it, it still goes viral every now and again. And, and like I said, just glad that we were able to get the live version on the record and, and people can get a taste of what that's like, um, you know, when they, when they see us live or when they check out the album. Absolutely. Let's hear it now and get ready for some fun with this great song from my guest, Tim Hicks. This is Stronger Beer, the live version on In the Country. Believe. Hell yeah! 
sweet spell Sudbury with you Yeah, you think you're all that Mr. Red, White, and Blue Here we go! We say, you say, y'all Yeah, we both got proven ball Except we got bigger balls And longer feet We say, say, you say, Z Sure, we watch all your TV Ontario's own Tim Hicks and his song, Stronger Beer. Man, that is a fun song, a Canadian anthem, and uh, country fans, non-country fans, everybody loves that song and the, and the humor in it, and a uh, great live version of it, too. And do you, do you change it up uh, with some of the comments you make each night, to Tim, or at each show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guys are always waiting. There's some, thankfully, sometimes I'm able to slip one by the audience, even, and the guys will just laugh, because sometimes it gets a little out there. But... Uh, 
you know, I like to kind of, I mean, yeah, I mean, I always change the city, you know, there's a few lines that I always change to kind of suit where we are. And there's, I try and, and fit in like some current event stuff too. And as a matter of fact, on the tour, I'm, there were other takes of that song where, you know, I was, I was off on a, I was on a political tangent mentioning, you know, I, there's some comment about Kevin O'Leary and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, geez. Right. It's one of those things where in the moment it feels good. And then when I hear it later, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope nobody was offended by that. But, you know, nobody's sent me any nasty emails about it. So that's good news. I think that they all see news. that it's in, yeah, it's all it's all in good fun. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those ones that's kind mm-hmm. of just all in good fun. And I try and change the the number of beers because it says in the song, you know, it takes me six beers to get drunk, and for you it takes nine. Usually, I, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever sang it properly. I make up a different number every night for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that I just grab a number, keep yeah. it fresh. The band's waiting for it. They want to see how many beers it takes me to get drunk. You know, so. Uh, it's it's just one of those things where I'm really doing that for myself and for the for the guys, you know. And and unfortunately, the audience usually get the kick out of it too. Man, Tim, I want to thank you so much for uh, the generosity of your time and uh, the great chat oh, we've had, favorite. and of course to share some songs from the live album. Yes, no, I appreciate it anytime, Dave. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Always a great chat, Tim. And uh, again, I'll let our listeners know uh, Tim Hicks Live coming out May 19th. Be sure to get your copy. And of course, Tim, we want to uh, wish you well at the uh, CMA Ontario Awards. I'm Dave Woods, and that wraps up this edition of In the Country.